0: motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week?
1: Thanks, Doug. In checking elsewhere around North Dakota, tracked vehicles are still suggested on East Devils Lake, but anglers continue finding nice birch success there. Also try the Minnewaukan Flats or Pelican Lake for walleye, but overall success is hit and miss, generally on Devils Lake. A lot of anglers have been on the ice with the nicer weather earlier, though. Lake Ashtabula continues producing perch success with some crappies showing up, but walleye and pike remain on the elusive side. In addition to bringing out a lot of anglers, the nice weather helps settle snow, and folks can access as well as move around on the lake much better now. Hopefully a nice late-season bite will continue, especially for perch. Farther west, more anglers were also out on the Missouri River in boats, and walleye success improved a bit as well. One thing anglers will want to watch for on Lake Kakawea is slumping shoreline ice, with the big reservoir still in its annual winter drawdown phase to plan for storage for upcoming spring runoff. It can be a rough bounce onto the ice in some areas. Look for a slow-to-fair walleye bite from Centennial and Stanky Bays on the east end of Lake Sikakuya and try about 15 to 20 feet. There's also some, but not a lot, of pike spearing activity. The midsection also remains slow for walleye. Lake Audubon is hit and miss for walleye, with its best success still in deeper water. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale
0: and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra
2: from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Camden Glade. We've had Camden on before. He's a fisheries research does fisheries research. I don't know if he's technically a biologist. Um, I think he was working on becoming one with Bemidji State University. How are you doing, Camden?
3: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing very well. So when we first come across you, uh, some, some of your stuff, uh, it really intrigued us because what you've been working on, well, why don't you tell us what you've been working on? And I believe this is like a four-year study that you're completed now.
3: Yep, we just wrapped up the fourth year of the study. We've been uh, looking at diets, or as it's been come to know more recently, uh, fish puke of uh, muskies, yeah. northern pike, walleye, and largemouth bass in lakes throughout the state of Minnesota.
2: So, did you track? I I was under the impression that this was mainly just just muskies, but did you track all four of those species?
3: Yes, we did. And there was actually four lakes in the study that didn't even have muskies in it. Uh, Part of the reason for that is because in addition to trying to look and see at uh, what muskies were eating, we were also interested to see if uh, muskie diets would maybe overlap with some of the other predator species or if having muskies in a lake would maybe cause some of the other predators to shift their diets at all.
2: So last time we had you on, we talked about how you do this. Basically, you collect fish puke. You make the fish puke. So we're not going to go into that. Right now, what we want to know is the study's done. You have all your results. Were there any huge surprises on your part um, once you got everything compiled?
3: Honestly, the biggest surprise to me has probably been how similar the diets of northern pike and walleye were in a lot of the lakes that we looked at Um, those two species specifically really keyed in on just a few prey items Um, In some of the more northern deeper clear lakes those tended to be yellow perch and then maybe some of the more southerly lakes in the state that we looked at or some of the shallower weed eater lakes uh, it was more sunfish and crappies but kind of in just about every lake, all of the 12 lakes that we looked at, the northern pike and walleye diets were the most similar uh, and really keyed in on some combination of uh, perch and panfish in basically every system.
2: So did did your results tell you the most common prey in the lake or did it tell you what is more preferred? Is there any way to figure out what, what your preferred fish was or just what was the most prevalent that it was easiest to catch?
3: It's hard to get at what's preferred just because there's not a really good way to uh, kind of get estimates at how many of these smaller prey fish are in any system, uh, just because a lot of them are smaller than what is usually captured efficiently by DNR standard surveys. Um, That said, we did look at some correlations with some of the common prey fish uh, showing up in diets. And just as an an example, uh, we did see that perch were more common in walleye diets in lakes where perch were more common in DNR nets. And then uh, similarly for largemouth bass, we saw that bluegill were more common in bass diets in lakes where bluegill were more common in DNR nets.
4: That is interesting. Camden, uh, you know, you take your findings now and you look at the next step, right? Which is how do we project this into the future? How do we use this data to make decisions? Just and, And I know maybe you're not completely there yet as far as full conclusions, but just from your perspective, how do you see this benefiting from a biological standpoint going forward?
3: Yeah, at this point, I think the most important thing is now biologists throughout the state and really throughout the region are going to have some more updated data on what these predators are eating in a variety of different lakes. Um, There's really been pretty minimal studies on muskie diets, and there hasn't really been anything large scale for some of the other predators in recent years, at least in Minnesota and the surrounding areas. So this will give uh, resource managers with state agencies really good information uh, both showing what maybe some of the more common prey items are in any given lake and then also looking at how these predators interact and maybe what uh, managers can learn from how a lake looks uh, in terms of physical and biological characteristics and how that impacts the diets of these species.
4: Good stuff Um, you know my next question is going to kind of flip the table on that and I know we talked about a lot of drawing conclusions from some of the things we saw and, and, you know, patterns and, and repeated scenarios. What about the uncommon things? Because you've shared a few videos on social media that have grabbed my attention with, uh, with full focus. What are some of the stranger things you've seen come out of the, the stomachs of these fish?
3: Yeah. A lot of the stranger stuff that we've seen has been from some of those muskies, um, just kind of in general, they're big enough and their mouths are big enough that they're really not limited in terms of what they can eat like some of the other predators are. So we've seen numerous birds, a few muskrats even in some of those musky diets. Um, this year we actually saw a couple burbit or eel pout in musky diets as well. That was something new that we hadn't seen before. Uh, and then we've seen some more random stuff in some of the largemouth bass diets too. Uh, last year, we saw a, uh, a shrew, so like a small mouse type mammal in a bass diet. And we've also seen uh, one or two ducklings in bass diets as well.
2: Hey, Camden, I got a question for you. Did you see a correlation in size? You know, and I guess the question I'm trying to get to is, do uh, does a 30 pound northern pike eat all large food or does it eat smaller food as well? And, that where it goes is to bait size for anglers. If anglers want to catch fish, you know, you hear that old adage, if you're going to catch big fish, you got to use big bait. But is that necessarily the case?
3: I would say not necessarily. Um, we did look into this a little bit, just kind of coarsely for some of the first lakes that we looked at. Um, and this is actually a paper that just got accepted here in the last couple of weeks. So that should be published here before too long. Um, but in terms of how size impacted the diets of these species, um, we did see some kind of minor shifts in some of the species. Uh, one of the things that was kind of surprising is we actually saw more, um, invertebrates. So just kind of bugs in some of the largest muskies, whereas some of the smaller muskies ate more perch. Um, we also did see more suckers in some of those large musky diets as well. So it kind of, it, there are some slight differences in terms of size, but generally speaking, diets have been pretty consistent uh, across size ranges. Uh, with the way we've looked at it so far, that is something we we're hoping to look into a little bit deeper here now that we have all of the data from all 12 lakes analyzed.
2: Okay, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but I got one question and it's, it's something that um, musky proponents are always claiming, all they eat is walleyes. Did did you find a lot of walleyes in a muskie's diet?
3: So we got diets from something like 330 muskies in this study, and we saw a grand total of three walleye in muskie diets. So they really weren't eating very many walleye in this in these lakes that we were looking at.
2: That's that's. Kind of as I suspected, but all right, Camden, we really appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors. If people want to follow you, and I highly suggest you do follow them on social media, where can they find you?
3: Yeah, uh, most active on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, uh, you can just find me at my name, Camden Glade, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at KGlade underscore FishSci, so F-I-S-H-S-C-I.
2: Thank you, Camden, for coming and gone outdoors. We appreciate it, and thanks for all you do, buddy.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Well, that is going to wrap
0: things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.